Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. Interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching the film review. Um, also, hashtag TFR Podcast Live, hashtag TFR Podcast Live. You know, if you happen to hear something that you 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 like, you like what we're discussing, make sure you donate, make sure you gift us a gift so that you know we'll keep this uh, right on going. You know what I mean? So let me do this real quick. You know, usually we start with how was your week, right? It has not been a good week. It has not been a good week, right? But it's been an interesting week, right? So we want to say you can see us on YouTube, right? right? We're simulcasting on YouTube. We're simulcasting on FB, on the Crazon Dion page, you know, they kind of blocked me from my TFR podcast live Lordland Films. They said, you know, their bots are going to take a while because they don't have live people in, in-house right now due to the COVID. And also, we're on Periscope, and we're getting ready to start the live broadcast right now. But you know, on the other on, hand, it's been a week of remembrance. Yes, it We has. talked about all of the wonderful memories, you know, with your father. That's right. You know, as well as your mom. That's right. And, um, but yeah, we celebrate so the life of your day. So we're also starting the live feed right now for the first hour of the show because we're a two-hour show on Crazy D Film Dude Instagram. Crazy yeah. D Film Dude Instagram. We're on for the first hour on there, and then we come back with the second hour. So look, people, this is a celebration yeah. for my father, yeah. right? My yeah. father. Yeah. Robert Earl Ellsbury, right? Yeah. Without him, uh, mm -hmm. without him, uh, with the union with my mother, I would not be the, or my sibling would not be the well-educated two people that we are, right? Yeah. And so that's why um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a posting and at the same time, right? Yeah. All right, people. So look. We want to shout out to everybody. Let's see who somebody said Shani is watching. Am I late? My mind can't get the time right. No, you're right on time, Shani. Uh, thanks for chiming in. You know, and uh, write your comments. You can write your comments either on the YouTube channel, the Film Review Life channel, or you can write your comments right there on the Crazon Dion page on Facebook, and I'll be able to, we'll be able to uh, respond to your comments, read them, and respond. So, without further ado, people, we're going to bring in our guest, right? So let's uh, let's do this real quick. There we go. Let's do some uh, let's do some quick arranging of image, just a little bit. Let me bring in one more image to go to celebrate 
with my father's image here. One second, people. One second, people. As I get it, you know, we do this on the fly right here at the Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's move that right over there. Come on. Come on. Quit, quit messing up now. Come on. Nice picture. Yes, it is. Very nice. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Stay with me. Like the spin of death. We'll be right with you, Tiny, in a second. This is slow motion here. I don't know what's going on. You know how this. You know how this thing. How these things do sometimes. All right. So it just it just wants to have Fukazi right now, and I'm not trying to have it at Fukazi as we bring this in. Okay. So let's try that right there. There we go, okay. There we go. And now, people, without further ado, test your mic, test your mic for me. Check one, two, yes, check one, yes. two. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, you are on. Yes, sir. And we have hey, uh <laughs> hey. here. Alright, so let's see what's going on. Alright. Alright, people. So on screen right now is my sister Tanya M Congress and as you see on the side of her is a is my father's military picture Air Force he was an Air Force airman <laughs> in the Air Force and we're here to celebrate his life today right so let's, let, let, let's get started. My father was born on January 27th, 1934, and he passed August 5th, 2020. Our father was born to Maddie Lee and Matthew Ellsbury. He joined the Air Force at 17 and finished with 22 years and six months, right? In between time, he met Gloria Parr, married and had two children. That's us. That's us right here, right? Um, they were married July 14th, 1956, exactly 10 years before my sister was born, right? And um, they, they were married for 51 years, right? Gloria passed on November 26, 2007. And now our father has transitioned from this side of heaven to the other side of heaven. And they reunite in heaven. My mother and father reunite in heaven now. All right. So what would you like to say first, Tanya, before we uh, continue on? This has been a week of celebration. And I know um, for a lot of people who've been following us all week long, I've gotten a lot of inboxes and a lot of uh, expressions of appreciation on us sharing this intimate time uh, with people. This is something um, that has not been done before and it has been expressed as such by some of the people who have been contacting me. And so it has helped to keep my mind uh, occupied and not so focused on the fact that I'm not seeing my dad anymore. And he's not going to be back 
You understand what I mean? But being able to honor him and take the time to celebrate him has been therapeutic as well as a blessing for other people. So, you know, it's been a busy week, uh, but we're moving and forging ahead uh, in the character and strength of God and our parents. Right? Right. Right. Absolutely. As we push forward. So everything that we've done this week is to make sure that we give information out to uh, the masses of people because a, 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 a lot of people have not lost their mother or their father. They, they still have their mother and father and they are blessed to do so, right? And But some may not have their mother or some may not have their father and there, there are certain steps that you have to take to make sure that there is a smooth transition from this side of heaven to the other and it's a smooth transition to the family, right? To the family members, right? Included. And so the first thing is to have a living will. This all kicked off this week. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it all kicked off this week when my father fell ill. And we have to give much, uh, much crudos and much thanks to our next door neighbors who have been our next door neighbors for, for it seems like forever, since the 70s, right? Close to 50 right? years. Yeah, yeah. Close to 50 so, years. Co close to 50 years. And, you know, uh, the, the, the lady of the house was able to go over and, you know, find a way to get in and also have you on the phone. And then the daughter came over and had you on the phone on the live so that we could be in contact with our father because they found him ill on the kitchen floor and they rushed him to the hospital and here we are today with this situation with him um, uh, passing right so the first thing is to make sure that you have a living will and the answer to why you should have a living will is because if you don't have a living will the hospital would tell you that hey we should be able to do it. We can go ahead and do what we want and you know, and you, you don't have any say so whatsoever in what we're gonna do. And so that's very important for you to have a living will. And we're gonna get more on that later as we go along, but always make sure that you have a living will. Now a living will is something where the person's last wishes are to be respected, how they want to do if they want to be uh, left on life support, don't want to have life support, etc., etc. right? So let's talk about uh, dad and mom, you know, uh, they kind of, they didn't kind of, they afforded us a middle class suburban lifestyle, though we lived in Cleveland, Ohio, right? Uh, my father believed in you work to earn your keep. His ethics came from his mother. Read, read the letter that his mother left, uh, uh, sent to my father shortly after, I guess, I was born and you were already mm -hmm. here. So, so read, read that letter. This is spanning basically three generations, people. We're bringing wisdom, we're bringing information and wisdom from the past. This is three generations now. Go ahead. Well, this uh, letter was written, well, it's postmarked 
October 12, 1971. So D would have been five months old at that time. And I would have been five years old, not yet. Uh, no, I would not have turned six yet. So um, it was written at that time and it was written in pencil. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's written in pencil. Mm-hmm. It wasn't written in ink pen. And it came from, from our grandmother, our father's mother. And this is gonna speak to why he had the work ethic that he had. So from St. Anne, Illinois, she writes, my dear son, just a few lines to let you know that I am not doing too well, but I do pray to God that you, Gloria, and my grandbabies are doing fine. Kiss them all for me. I am at sister's house. The people I was living with, the lady's doing, the lady's daughter is expecting a baby, and she went to Chicago and brought her back to live with her until after she has the baby. She has a sorry husband. Now this is the this is it right here. She has a sorry husband. He don't have a job. So he was sorry because he didn't have a job. Okay, she, he doesn't have a do- job. She said he don't like to work. He has been in jail several times for stealing. Uh, John Jones, that's uh, dad's cousin. John Jones sent me a card while he and his family was uh, visiting in California. He said they was having a nice time. How is the weather there? We are having some cool mornings and evenings here. Sister and the children sends their love to you and your family. They are doing fine. Well, son, this is it for now. From your mother to my children with love. So um, one of the main things that stands out here, this is a short but sweet letter and it was very packed. Um, This was on wide rule paper. So it wasn't a whole lot said, but it was a whole lot said. Okay. (laughs) So my father's work ethic, um, we understand that his mother said, or this is, this is what is common knowledge in our family that uh, a man that doesn't work is sorry. If you don't work something, I'm not saying it doesn't have to be a nine to five. It has to be something that you are pursuing uh, that is actively making you income. That is part of what describes manhood. Uh, Without that, um, manhood is in question. Okay, so my dad had a very strong work ethic. I never had a time except when there was a transition of when he was getting older and uh, jobs were uh, segueing people out and playing little games with uh, management positions and things like that. My father always held a management position, but as you get older, you know the games they play, they try to phase you out and try to bring in um, management at a lower paying wage, you know, and have you train them for your child. Dad got caught in the fever of Ronald Reagan. Yes. And people yes. who were, who you thought were, you know, the civil rights movement came through. And then Ronald Reagan, you know, the 70s saw black people advance. And then when the 80s came in, Ronald Reagan was like 79, 80. Ronald Reagan was the backlash to that. And he brought a backlash to that. And people who uh, black people may have thought were their friends caught the fever of Ronald Reagan and started to reverse 
uh, advances. They started closing factories at the same time yes. they released the little white pebble called Ready Rock. They were uh, making sure that black males, American black males, were out of jobs and started to make sure that started to flip it around so that uh, American black women would have jobs, right? So they wanted to mm -hmm. push all of this to try to push the black male out of the household, right? Exactly. And so my father and my mother flip turn turn to the side just to go this and yeah, go this way. Go this way right here. There we go. Right here. This is my mom. This is a younger picture of my mom, right? And this is a younger picture of my dad. But my mom and my dad did not break up the household. They just switched roles. Because they made it so that the black woman could go out and work, she went out and worked, and my father took care of the household. And all at the same time, she was preparing resumes and bios and all that, and constantly sending it out. So as Reagan was coming through, as he ended his second term, then the fever broke, and my father returned to his position as, you know, as a supervisor, you know, a, a, a dietary supervisor, right? He returned back to the roles that he was qualified for from the skills that he had learned in the military. So there was equal, they were equally yoked and they, and it was hard, but they came through Ronald Reagan. Now, right here at the top here, that is Maddie Lee. That's our grandmother. And that's Matthew. That's uh, on the far side, on the uh, opposite side of my father, is Matthew. That's our grandfather, right? And of course, that's uh, our mother. And then that is myself and Tanya. You can switch, come back into place now, right? So look, <laughs> right? So this is what's happening, and I don't know why this phone keeps pausing. But anyway, look, people. This is what's happening, and that letter comes with that. Now, it was like, sometimes we couldn't figure out, like, our father was not one to explain. Like, today, you have right. to explain to the youth why. They constantly ask why. If we asked why, <laughs> it would be a, there would be a problem. You're not asking why. Just do what I say when I say it. And I discussed that some with some people who have uh, kids today. Like the kids want to ask why. What if someone is coming up and you got to get your kid in the car fast because you don't know if this person is going to do something or not. And this kid is constantly asking why. Don't ask me why. Just do what I say. And then if, if times are good, I'll be able to explain it to you later. That's the way it was. And that's how my father was. It wasn't no asking why at all. Just do what I say. Right? So sometimes we found it hard to explain, how hard to understand why my father was, my father was stern, but he was fair. Right? And it was mm -hmm. hard for us to determine, figure out why was he so stern on certain things like if he saw uh, someone who was supposed to be a man dating my sister and he didn't quite measure up, my father didn't talk about it. You know, he just he just made his opinion known and that's the way it was. 
right? He made his opinion right. known. He he moved with action. He said very little, but this letter shows that his mother was a big inspiration in his life to tell, and that's probably what she told him. You have to earn your keep. And that's why he said, I'm gonna go to the military because, you know, I have to be able to earn my keep and be able to take care of a family. And that's what he did. And he did it to the top and the best of his ability. That's exactly what he did. And that that ethic that came down through the family line, you know, to have uh, his mother say, and if you look at it, uh, even in biblical times when uh, Solomon, Solomon got a lot of his advice from his mother. His mother was the one to tell him to stay away from strange women. His mother was the one to instruct him in the ways of righteousness. And so Solomon and his mother were very close and she gave him instruction. So this instruction came from my father's mother who said, well, he was, she was describing someone else based on the fact that that was a known fact amongst them already. The man was sorry because the man didn't work and the man didn't like to work. So men who didn't like to work and didn't work were called sorry men. So my, our dad was not that at all. Not that. It's not that at all. And and for him to see it, it did something to him. He wasn't, our dad was not the type of person to knock and put people down. He didn't tear people down or try to shame people for the way they were. But he would make mention, just as D said, he would make his opinion known. And then he step off. He might say something like, our father was very humorous and shortly sarcastic. You'd have to catch it. You have to catch it because he says something funny and you have to think twice that, wait a minute, did he just say, but he say something like, mm, that ain't no good right there. <laughs> He'll say that, that ain't no good. Not even a person, that that ain't no good, that ain't no good right there. But he would never say to that person or put them down in that way, but he, would let, he had a way of letting you know when something was not up to par based yeah, on he, the he fact. He would definitely that, tell his offspring he would definitely tell his yeah. children about, mm -hmm. you know, what he believed. Like, you, you told the other story, but you left the story out. You were down there under the Nova. It was the Blue Nova. That was that was the first car <laughs> that you got, right? It was the Blue Nova. Right. And you were down right. there. You had a rusty muffler, and you were tying mm -hmm. it up with, um, with a wire with hanger. A hanger, the hanger right? wire. But mm -hmm. you weren't just on the ground. You had someone that was supposed to be a boyfriend that will remain nameless. A male, <laughs> not not necessarily a man, because man, men are good with their hands, right? He right. was standing there watching you wire up the muffler instead of him getting down there like the man and wiring the muffler up. And that's what made my father tell my mother, we're going out here and get her a vehicle that is something that's going to be reliable, it's going to be new, that she can uh, ride around in and not worry about having to tie up mufflers or anything else going wrong with it, right? See, our, our parents made sure that we had what we needed. Now, right. if it was something that we wanted that was above and beyond the Christmas gift, 
Well, you had to work for that, buddy. You got to get a job. If, 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 yeah, you had to get a jobby <laughs> job. You wanted, you wanted a leather coat. You wanted a leather coat. You wanted a, uh, you wanted a gold chain. You, you exactly. wanted this. You wanted that. You wanted that. Uh, you wanted that coach purse. You wanted that. Uh, Bergenberry, whatever that stuff is, Birkin, whatever, Birkin bag. You, you had to go out there and work for those finer things on your own, like how they worked to make sure that we had what we needed. And so mm-hmm. they afforded us a lifestyle, but they didn't spoil us. They made sure that we worked. We even had a, we even had to work for allowance. We had to make sure that we did the chores. You know what I'm saying? Swept the steps, washed the dishes, mopped the steps, mopped mm-hmm. the kitchen floor. I remember mm-hmm. uh, John Jones, his cousin, and Virtus came through the front door, and they were coming through the kitchen. And I was washing the dishes, and they were looking at the sink and the stove, how clean it was. Oh yeah, they they made us work. It was it was no yes. uh, it was no sitting up and doing nothing. You had to definitely earn. You had to definitely earn your keep for sure, no doubt. And so that that's the significance of that. That's right. The significance of that is they were not raising deadbeats. Um, till this day, whatever it is we need to do to get things done, we do to get things done. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in lines of working and stuff like that. We're not. We never have been one. To sit around and be uh, dunces We never have been ones To sit around and collect handouts From people Uh, We go and we do our thing And do what we need to do to get what we need to get So that was something that was instilled In us and then um, In lines of what you said Earlier about the leather coats and the Gold chains I remember the first time I asked uh, mom for this Leather jacket She looked at me those glasses of hers like she always would you know because sometimes when she thought you had a lot of nerve for asking she'd look at you for a minute before she answered you you know she'd look at you and she said well no it's time for you to get a job <laughs> that's what it's time for not that she could not have bought me the leather coat the issue was that I would value it more when I put in the labor to get it it was a higher ticketed item so if I wanted it that bad, how bad do I want it? I'll get my job and put my money aside and get the coat for myself and then I will value it more and it would esteem, it would give you a certain amount of esteem as well to have made that accomplishment. So mm-hmm. our parents was very wise in that regard in in how to raise us, you know, uh, yeah, they could have got the coat, but then what kind of value would that have instilled in us? The coat might have ended up on the back seat but a car, you know, we're not taking care of it. But when you have to buy it yourself, when you have to buy it yourself, you tend to take care of it a little better. Like um, with my class ring, I had, I didn't get my class ring till the year after I graduated high school because I wanted 14 karat gold. Well, you know, the other alloys that the metal, the metals that the, the class rings come in. And so mom was willing to get me a class ring, but it was going to be in some of those other medals that most other kids got their class rings in. But I wanted 14 karat gold. She wasn't going to pay for 14 karat gold. So I had to wait till the year after I got out of school. I put that ring in a jeweler on layaway, 14 karat gold, and I got the ring that I wanted, but I paid for it with my money. 
because I wanted something other than what, what she was going to get and was beyond the norm for the normal student that was getting a classroom. So I got what I wanted on my own. You know what I mean? But that was still, that was a valued lesson. I wanted something beyond the norm. I had to go out and work for it. So those are the type of values that they instilled in us. Hmm. We got a phone call. We got a phone call from 216. So we're going to bring in 216 and see what they're talking about. 216, you're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Yo. Hey, that's the general Philly Mac. Philly! Philly! We're glad to hear you because you know you are family. family. You yeah. know my mother and yes, my sir. father Thank loved you. you. Yeah. Right. Thank you, man. I love them just the same, man. You know, you guys all been good to me, you know. I just wanted to come in and tap in real quick. You know, I wanted to first take my hat off, you know, and uh, offer my condolences, of course, you know, to your pops. You know, I call him Papa D, you know. <laughs> um, and like I said, you know, I, he was a quiet guy, you know, but he showed me love. He got coming to the store. This back when you and Cleveland, you had the stores, you know what I'm saying? The record store, you know. I get off work, I come in there, I stay there keeping clothes. Telling stories and doing my one two, and you guys put up with me, didn't kick me out. You know I appreciate that. Oh no, no. But that's what our family. That's what our family do. That's it. You know, you know. and then like I said, man, when I come in there, you know, like I said, your moms, you know, your pops was there, you know, and um, they 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 all welcomed me with open arms, you know, um, and just um, see how far everything came. You know, you put me on your first mixtape. The first mixtape I ever was on, you put me on there, man. I always showed me love, man, you know. And uh, like I say, Tracy, open arms, showing me love, mom, pop, you know. And uh, of course, with, you know, life, you have ups and downs, and, you know, we here, one minute, going the next. But you know, like yeah, just leaving good memories and treating people like you want to be treated. And you know, Papa D treated me good. You know, never made me feel like I wasn't uh, welcome. You know, he always showed me love. You know, I talked to him like I talked with you. You know, and just um, you know, we are everybody doing what they do in life and keeping food on the table. You can get away from keeping in touch sometimes, you yeah. know? And then the, when I'm tapping in, I see, you know, Tanya had it, he's in oh, hospital laying there. It just blew my mind, I'm, you know? And um, like I said, it just kind of broke my heart to see that. But I wouldn't have known if, it, you know, she hadn't did that or aired that, you know? But um, it just lets you know, man, you gotta, um, you know, all I have is just good memories of Pop, Pop D, and, and just, um, you know, us sticking together, man, is just what we have to do, you know. Because when you, when you leave, you just have memories, man, good or bad, you know. And you know, he, he left behind good memories, you know, raised the, raised the family, the, the, you know, you, Tracy, did, did his thing, he, 
kept everything going. Mama did well, you know. And um, you know, I wanted to just make sure I tapped in and they said something and offered my condolences, man. And um, we definitely were praying for strength for the family. Um, the thing I like to do is always personally represent people that passed away. And that that's why I always throw out the word forgotten soldiers, you know. And um, like I said, you sold my stuff in your store, you did TV, whatever, you always was right there, dude. You know, you and Tracy, so, you know, I'd like to uh, extend the, the, the love, send the love and just say thank you. And thanks to Pop D, Mama D for showing me love as well. You know, it'll be, it'll be missed greatly. And, um, and like I said, all I can do is just say prayers, pray for strength, you know, for you and the, and the family and just to offer support, man, you know. And um, I'd like to thank you for having me on the show. Let me say a few words, you know. Oh, yeah, we, we but, had uh, to. Yeah, you know. We we had to have you because you know yeah. you 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 even came through like a champ during the uh, when my mother passed. You know you were there, right. and you were there, you were there uh, to bring strength, and we appreciate you, man. We appreciate yeah. you. We appreciate yes, everything absolutely. you do. Your yeah. entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. your work ethic, yeah. your your determination to give your son. Yeah, you know. A better experience, just like my father. That's my father can recognize. You know, right. they, they say real recognize real. Right. That's right. My father made sure that he gave us a better opportunity, and that's what you're doing with your son. So kudos and hats and hats off to you, yeah. brother, for real. Yes. Right. Thank you. I appreciate you you saying that. Now I, I do try try my best, and I and I like to follow off of uh, good examples. You know, and then um. You know, I don't always hit the mark, but I always try to do better than I did yesterday. Make the next day better, you know? Yeah. So, um, so thank you for the kind words as well. Oh, thank um, thank you for the kind words. Thank yeah, you for yeah. everything that you do. And thank you for reaching out. Yeah. Thank you for your condolences because you, you. you don't know how much that really means. During a time like this, like we're strong now because we're getting through the business and it hasn't really hit us yet, right? Right. Like we, we, we sit in conversation right. and we talk and we say, why haven't we hit yet? And it, it, it's just going to come like a tidal wave all of a sudden. And, you know, I'm dreading it. But, you know, right now we're strong, taking care of the wow. business, making sure that our father has the send off. That he that he had ritually has rightfully earned and should have from his uh, two children and his uh, extended family. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know and that's good, man. You guys are holding up. You know, I mean, I buried my father probably like seven months ago, maybe six six months ago, something like that. But again, it's it, I didn't grow, grow up with him. No, I didn't grow up with him. And even with that being said, it still kind of hit me a little bit. Like, uh, you know, and, um, you know, it's hard to take. You know, 
Well, our condolences, no, our no. condolences to you, brother. Because yeah. we know how you know how hard this is, right? Yeah. And so, uh, our condolences right. to you. Right. You know. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. You know, and like I say, man, when you turn around and you look around, you know, and then, um, like I said, a lot of a lot of the people, you know, passed on and then things are changing, you know, and a lot of the good examples that they set, we, we got to carry those and, you know, and try yeah. to push that on to the younger the kids and the younger generation, you know, and try to be, give them something positive to look for, you know. That's what it is. Like I said, just, you know, and that's, that's all we, we can do, basically, you know. That's all we and, can do. Uh, like I said, just keep Right, keep positive and then, then keep, you know, making sure we try to do better tomorrow than we did today, you know. Yeah. Tell them, tell them about, yeah, we, we, we become like, we, like the uncles, you know, the uncles and the yeah. aunts that make it happen. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we become the uncles yeah. and aunts all of a sudden. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a change. Yeah. But tell them about, tell them real right. quick, tell them real quick about your soldier hour and how they can get in contact with you as far as your DJ service is concerned. Okay, okay, I didn't wanna. No, 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 you know, we, this is a celebration and you know my pops was about marketing and promotion and it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be anything, with, you know, without, you know, I'm about marketing and promotion, so I'm definitely about making sure that my peoples get their name out there, so go ahead. Okay, thank you, Dean. Right. It's like um every every Monday, every Monday at like uh eight o'clock PM, um, I'm doing I'm doing what I call the soldier hour. And uh basically just I open up, I just DJ a little bit, play a little feel good music. And I basically start off with, with just um just rest in peace and shout out people that passed away. It might just be a five or six, you know, I don't drag it out too long, but, it, you know, I start off with, you know, rest in peace and, um, you know, kind of honor the ones that passed away, you know, and, and then I just go into playing a, playing a little music and kind of keep people Monday, kind of get it a little upbeat, you know, but that, that's basically what it is. It's, um, and I, I do that on Facebook. It's uh, Philly, P-H-I-L-L-I, uh, MAC, Philly Mac, um, or you can look at uh, Philip Jackson, you know, it's a uh, forgotten folk, that's my Facebook tag, you know, my DJ services, mm-hmm. give me the number, and uh, actually, website is uh, the number four GS and uh, entertainment.com, the number four GS entertainment.com. Okay, we're available for weddings, professional weddings, professional birthday parties. Everything we do is professional. And uh, this is in Cleveland, Ohio. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, you are you know, willing to travel. You do have those travel rates, though, right? Once this COVID is over, right? Hey, listen, I got two travel rates. I went to Atlanta, you know, uh, last year. And, um, you know, it was, uh, I had to give them the ticket, you know, but, uh, you know, they were willing to pay. And we got out there and we got it done. 
That's it. And, and let me let me tell you, let me tell you, people. He does have a sound system. Yes. I used to have one subwoofer. My brother has two subwoofers, and he got lights. I mean, he's doing his thing. And so we're going to get on to the next call. But thank you very, very much, Philly, for calling up. We appreciate you. I love you, and I love Tracy. I love Tracy. I love Tanya. You know, with his family. Y'all keep your head up. I will be calling you on your personal line to check in on you and um, just to keep, keep me updated on what's going on. And but no, thank you for having me on, Tracy. I love you, young lady. D, I love you, soldier. I want y'all to keep your head up. And I'll be calling you on your personal line, D, just to get anything mapped out here. All right. Thank you. We love you too. You family. We love you too. Have a good evening. You too. Bye bye. Okay, we have uh, 662. Let's bring 662 up. 662, you're on the line. Who's on the line? Who's on the line? Hi, this is... Hey, this is Shani. Hey, Shani. Hey. I want to first send my condolences out to the family. Um, and I want to just tell all you guys that you guys are so courageous. And how, how you, you know, what's like a learning lesson, things to look out for, things to watch out when your loved ones are in the hospital. And it was just so, so and brave. And I'm proud of both of y'all. Yeah. And I know your parents will be too. Yeah. But um, I also want to uh, speak about your father real quick. Like, I like his sense of humor. I like how laid back he was. But I like how he was so, like, kept up with the times. Like, whatever you guys did, they supported y'all with everything. And most parents were like, no, don't do this, don't do this. Whatever y'all create a dream was, they roll with it. And I thought that was so cool. So, I want to miss both your parents. They were just, I miss your mom. I'm going to miss your dad. And I, they were just such great parents. I mean, they really were wise and great, non-judgmental. They had great advice. So they were a truly, truly great parent. No, oh, thank you, Shani. I just wanted to say that. Oh, thank you, Shani. You know, I love y'all. Y'all need anything. I love y'all. Y'all need anything, you know. I'm here in the city. <laughs> okay. All so right. Send me a card. And my, I'll send it over to my um, Javon, Javon, and my dad, too. Oh, okay. We, we appreciate and your words. We word. love y'all. We love you, too. We, we appreciate your words. We love you, too, Shani. Thank you. Yeah. What did you say, Shani? I said, you know, we love y'all, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you for your call. We're going to uh, go on, move on with the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glorious, have a good day, y'all. You, you too. too. You too. So, Tanya, do you have the uh, itinerary for the um, for the service and the viewing? Can you read that real quick? That's on the, uh, the itinerary. We, we have that. We have that posted on. Yeah. We have that posted on. Uh, <laughs> my crazy on Dion page as well as uh tanya m congress's page as far as the uh service uh, uh services concern uh, funeral services concerning robert earl ellsbury can you read that real quick for them yes um it is um the services are going to be um well the visitation and viewing is going to begin on friday august 14th 2020 
uh, from 1 to 2 p.m. It's going to be myself and uh, family. From 2 to 6 p.m. It's going to be open for persons to visit and sign the book. And from 6 to 8, uh, it'll be myself and guests. Um, so all are welcome who want to come and, um, you know, view my dad's body and, and have some conversation with me regarding um, the ser actual services are on Saturday, August 15th, 2020 at Calhoun's Funeral Home, 2300 Rockside Road, Bedford Heights, Ohio, 44146. And that is the same location as the visitation on the 14th. Uh, the viewing on the 15th starts at 9.30 a.m. Homegoing service starts at 10 a.m. The service is being officiated by my father's pastor, Pastor Ronald Maxwell of Affinity Baptist Church. Um, due to the COVID-19, only 50 persons are allowed inside the funeral home area at a time and 10 at the intermit at the cemetery. Uh, due to COVID, uh, you know, everything is modif you know, modified. Mm -hmm. uh, the service will be live streamed and uh, link will, will follow in future posts. So don't worry, you'll have access to the live stream. Um, we want to make note that all tributes, donations, or monetary gifts are given directly to me, Tanya M. Congress. Okay, no pa other pause, party. Pause, pause for a minute. Pause. This is where the uh, where the rubber hits the road, right? Because you know we found out back in 2007 that sometimes, sometimes people can, in our opinion, be treacherous. You see, <laughs> our father is gone now. So I guess the gloves are off and it's just hard, straight, hard hitting knuckle. Cause you know, my father was a boxer, right? And he also trained boxers in the military, right? That's right. <laughs> and he trained both of them. But anyway, that's, that's, that's water on the bridge. Once I hit this kid one time, I said, I think I'm gonna be a diplomat because the dude flew. <laughs> but anyway, that's another story for another time. Look, so look. That Ellsbury strength. <laughs> we find out that there is treachery. Like while my father was preparing yeah. the home for people to come, some other relatives were passing out cards talking about come over there to yeah. collect. And did we see any of the honorariums for our mom? Did we see any of that? Did we see any of the donations, any of the tributes, any of the monetary donations? No, and we're looking for a refund and an apology. We're looking for a refund and an apology. Let me say it a third time so it can get through real good. We're looking for apology and the refund of those funds. But anyway, people, so this is where this hits the road. So read again so you can understand where we're coming from. And this also helps people in the future because you will have family members that are, tra in our opinion, treacherous. And for some ungodly reason, it's at the time of a, a, a funeral, a home going, where this stuff tends to raise up and people get their stuff off. I just um, 
I don't understand why it, this becomes so prevalent. And I've heard about it in so many different families where stuff, you know, people choose to get their funky off at a time during, you know, uh, where people are grieving. But I want to make things clear. Uh, we're grieving, but we're still on point, baby. We still focus. Don't get it twisted. We still focus whether, you know, we're grieving or not through tears. I can still see, understand. Yeah, that's right. Through so, tears, so read, I can see. And I, so go ahead, go ahead. So go okay, ahead and so read. Go. go ahead and read that whole thing. And if anyone is fooled by, as Shanine Hicks just said, the typical shenanigans, if anyone is fooled by that, you wanted to be fooled because we've already right. told you. So read on. Um, note: All tributes, uh, donations, or monetary gifts are given to. Tanya M. Congress, no other parties but the offspring children of Robert Earl Ellsbury should receive the aforementioned. The person designated to accept all tributes, donations, or monetary gifts is Tanya M. Congress in person. There will be no repast due to the COVID-19 if a group of people say there is one, it is not sanctioned by the children of Robert E. Ellsbury and should be ignored. I will say that again. There will be no repast due to COVID-19. If a group of people say there is one, it has not been sanctioned by the children of Robert E. Ellsbury and should be ignored. Tributes, donations, or monetary gifts are also accepted at PayPal using Lordland Enterprises at Hotmail.com or Cash App at dollar sign TFRP well, TFR podcast, podcast live. That's right. Podcast live. Okay. Right. Any of those mediums are acceptable, sanctioned mediums of uh, contribution. Okay. And, and again, I just want to make things that, clear. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, saying, go ahead. You can see. You can see that posted on Tanya M. Congress on Facebook, and also Crazon Dion on Facebook is posted there with a nice family photograph. Well, a collage. You know, I've been making these collages for the uh, homegoing uh, program, Obit and everything. And wait until you see the Obit. We went, we, we did a new style. We took a new style and a new route because we want to make always, our, my father was into innovation and so we want to make sure that it's very innovative. And so that's why we went a different route. And so uh, go ahead, Tanya. Go ahead. Um, you know, and we want to make it clear that it's not, the whole thing is not about money, but because it is not about money on one end, it is on another. I put it like that. And so because it is on one end, we have to make sure that we cover ourselves on the first end. And it's quite, quite unfortunate. Um, you know, but that's just the way it is. And we want you guys to take mental note of that because should you uh, need to address that in your own families, when that time comes, address it and put, put the disclaimers out there, put the, the spe specifications out there like we have done. That way nobody is, uh, you know, anybody is without excuse. There's no shenanigans that are, are allowed to go without being consciously done. Right? right. That's right. Consci consciously done. So Go ahead. It's, it's consciously. So let, let, let's read some of the comments. 
Shanine Hicks said, uh, exactly no questions asked. Uh, do what, no questions, just do, just do what I say. Uh, Bear Facts is watching what's up to him. Greetings from the greatest host in California, he said. Uh, Tierra King is watching. She said, praying for your strength, family. Love y'all. We love you too. Rosalind, Diane Maxwell is watching. Love you too. Uh, Typical shenanigans during death, Shanine uh, Hicks says. Uh, Praying for you all, Rosalind says. Sad that someone would do that, Rosalind said. And Joe, uh, Joe Allen. Our love, condolences, and prayers go out to you and your entire family. Heart, heart, heart. Auntie Donna and we Uncle Johnny. Prayer hands, too, prayer, hands, prayer hands, prayer hands. And Uncle right? Johnny. We love you. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, but Tanya, I just want to I, um, I just want to say, um, as far as what you were talking about earlier, your father like we talked about was a people person and he loved family he loved friends he had the doors was open to everyone you you guys know how when you had friends over your mom and dad treated them like family sit down and eat whatever yes. you need right so when yep. your mom passed right he was looking forward to having the, the some of the family and friends come over and sit down and talk and and spend time with them. So like you said, it wasn't about the, the money or the, it was about getting together, the fellowship, right? But for someone to stop that out of greed, that wasn't right. But you know, what we, what I loved was, I love spending time with your father's sister and your cousins, cause they came through and they was there and they spent time mm-hmm. and they was there, you know, for your dad and for the family when your mom passed. And and, and, it, and it wasn't so we like appreciated. And it wasn't like it was done in the front, like where, where you could see it. It was done sneaking, right? It was done uh underhandedly in our opinion. It was like one of the other cousins came up and said did you know that this and that? Now that was kind of messy, right? That was messy, but they let us know. And I, I'm a man, so I'm not going to get loud and outright say, "Okay, well, if that's what they did, that's what they did," right? But it was about getting together and having fellowship with people. And and funny, Dad, who is the husband, was not invited to this little shindig. I wonder why that was. Was it because those gifts and tributes and monetary donations would have had to have gone into his hands, right? So, for people, shame, shame. You know, karma's real. Shame. I believe in it. Shame. Shame. See, you know, you know, last time I got a little passionate, so I'm, I promise I'm not going to get as passionate this time, but I am going to, <laughs> I am going to um, address, see, this is the reason why we have to address this, because last time when our mother passed, that was such a serious infraction, and I want to be clear about it, um, because if they're listening, they need to hear it. The reason why it was such a serious infraction was because we had had the repast at the Word Church. Sure and there had been a lot of donations brought there. 
So it was a lot. I know we brought so much pop home. We 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 had pop for six months. That's how much stuff had been brought. So a lot of it had been um, um, my church at the time. They really came through and they brought the food and everything. And so even some of that was taken to that location uh, without us being invited. And then fraction of that is, okay, my dad's people had come, but that wasn't a point of separation. That was an opportunity for unity. That was an opportunity for you to get to know uh, your family since you considered my father like a brother, so I'm told. You were, you considered my father like a brother. That was your extended family. So they should have been invited as well. And since the house that you were going to, I wouldn't have been opposed to going. The house had the room. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a sizable home. And so it had the room and everything. So I wouldn't have been opposed to going there. But to have um, that on the low low, uh, being people being invited on the low low to come there. And the reason why we know it was that way, because nobody else but my dad's family came with us. Nobody but my dad's family came to the house with us. And that was the seriousness of the infraction. In case you didn't know, or in case case you're completely ignorant and oblivious to why we find an offense or take an offense to that, it's because it was was shady. And this is not the first time that you've exhibited this behavior at the time of a funeral. Okay, can I'm not gonna run down the list of infractions that you guys are guilty of at the time of a funeral when somebody is burying a loved one. God forbid, and I pray that that karma doesn't come back on you at the time when you have to bury someone that's dear to you. When it's time for you to have to bury someone that's dear to you, I will pray that you don't um, you don't attract the same thing that you put out there. Unfortunately, karma, seed time and harvest is a universal law. So unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it. The seed, you will reap a harvest off the seeds you sow. Now, it won't be us that does it because we are not the type of people that um, render evil for evil. We don't render evil for evil. Our hearts are not rooted in evil. Okay, so we're not going to return that to you. But someone is only because you've sown no seeds. You've sown the seeds of uh, uh, um, making people as second class people in the family, uh, according to your opinions. Uh, You made decisions at times of grief in the lives of people that hurt them even further. You are going to have to pay for that. You're going to have to pay for that. You love how greed. Yeah, greed. The seven deadly sins instead of the seven virtues. Right? Right. So look, right. People, look. And you have how, to, how, how are you gonna that? how are you gonna talk about being uh I'm, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna anyway. step in there well, because I there am. is, there I, is am. No, I am going there. I am you, you, I am. you see this right here? You, can, you see this right here? You see this right here? You see, you see my father right there, and you know why we are because we we're our mother and father's children, and you can see from that picture that my mother by herself was a writer. <laughs> you see this right. picture when you see it larger, you will see that my mother, my mother, and my my father had his had her back, and she had his back, and they stood side by side. And they were some writers. But you know what they had? They had compassion. I, I have yeah. less compassion. I don't care. When you did that, and my father was saddened by that. But you know what he did? 
he still continued. Yeah. He forgave. Yeah. Right? He still continued, but here we are to level the facts and level the truth about it. So read the last section of that again about the monetary situation that we're going to move on from this time. Okay, no. All tributes, donations, or monetary gifts are given to Tanya M. Congress. No other parties but the offspring children of Robert Earl Ellsbury should receive the aforementioned uh, the party designated to accept all tributes, donations, or monetary gifts is Tanya M. Congress. That's me in person. There will be no repast due to COVID-19. If a group of people say there is one, it is not sanctioned by the children of Robert E. Ellsbury and should be ignored. To not ignore it and place yourself in agreement with something that's out of order. And so you place yourself in divine alignment with the repercussions that follow those actions. Uh oh, she added something. She put parentheses and added something <laughs> biblical. Keep reading. Keep reading. <laughs> so that that was basically attributes, donations, or monetary gifts are also accepted at PayPal using Lordland Enterprises with an S at hotmail.com or Cash App at uh, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live. Okay, let's That's read some. Let's read some, let's read some review. Uh, Shanine said, so reap. Uh, Rosalind uh, Maxwell said, yeah, you need to get ahead of it. Stop them from doing that again. Call them out. And then Shanine Hicks said, exactly. Let them know. So, people, as we do this, uh, we're going to keep on bringing more experiences to you through the lives on. Uh, on a certain on FB, we're going to be giving you, bringing you different situations through uh, Tanya M. Congress page and through Crazon Dion page. Make sure you friend both pages so that you'll catch all the links and you won't miss anything. And we're going to, as we go through this process, yeah. we're going to document it as it goes along. The last thing, the last current thing that we documented was going to the funeral home and making the arrangements and the second half of it because batteries died but the the last half of it was so informational but we'll be filling you in with that when we talk one day when we go through it right yeah. so all of the information about the arrangements are on Tanya M Congress Facebook and also on Crazon Dion page Facebook friend both pages and it comes with a nice collage yeah. And photographs such as like this one. This one is called uh, Relationship, Love Relationship, where it shows my father and my mother together, as you see at the umbrella. We love that yellow umbrella, that canary <laughs> yellow umbrella. And they were sitting and had two canary yellow uh, children's chairs that were uh, the fold out chairs for the uh, for the porch or under the thing for me and my sister. But you, as you can see, my parents were riders <laughs> and they had a good time and they smiled a lot. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't easy. We kind of, we came through Reaganomics, but we still made it through. And so 
it was an honor to be their children. And so it was an honor to be my father's children. It was an honor to be my mother's children for both of us. It's an honor to be her daughter-in-law. That's and, right. Um, that's not, your father taught your nephew, you know, in that's right. how right. to tie his birthday. That's time. right. We sat there and, and, and my father taught my nephew MJ how to tie a tie because that's a rite of passage, people. Yeah. In you know, black uh, culture, it's not a white thing because when you check out that who actually owned the haberdasheries in the beginning, you will find out that the Thai thing is all black, baby. But anyway, so so Thai, what what happened? No, just so um too. But Nevada living wills. What you want to say? Well, you know what. If you go to eforms.com, mm-hmm. they will um, they have instructions on how to do a living wheel um, for all types of forms they have. But you're looking for the advanced directive living wheel forms, and then you select your state, and it's an instructional um, on how to yeah. make your living wheel. Oh, that's yeah. the information. Yeah. Everybody needs to have living wheel, and you need to have what is called life insurance, which is for after for 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 uh, afterlife arrangements so your children or your offspring or your family members will not have the burden of having to go out there and stand on the corner try to collect to try to call people to collect uh, funds to try to bury you. Let me um, talk about that just briefly. Um, I can't tell you how easy this process was based on the fact that I'm telling you my mother had the foresight of I, I don't know uh, what to say because in that folder was the um that i took to the funeral home was the insurance policies and we were looking for this military form is a retirement form called a dd214 yeah. and so we were we looked it up to see we didn't know what it was so d looked it up to see what it was and we said oh okay we got to fill out one of these and when i got there um you know, I, I got the folder open. I said, well, the DD-214 that was on your list, we have to get that back to you. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, we have to get that back to you. We don't have one filled out. She said, there it is right there. It was right already <laughs> taken care of. It was in the folder, right? So my mother, um, prior to, I don't know how far ahead before she passed, she had that in place or whether she was getting that in place once she realized she was ill, that that was probably when she got everything together in that folder. But everything was right there where it needed to be. I mean, everything was right there. Everything had a place that you could go to it. You didn't have to comb through a bunch of, I mean, there were things that were in drawers, but they were easily accessible. They were in places that made sense. And so I didn't have to pull my, my, my weave here out uh, trying to find stuff you know, and because uh, Dee knew where a lot of stuff was, so he just called me and said, yeah, go to this drawer right here or go to this purse, and then I went into one place, and then the cemetery plot was right there. So I, everything that we needed was there. And as black people, this is something um, I don't drag your feet on this, people. This is very important. The living will, uh, the last will and testament, the insurance policy, and not only that, you know, our parents you know, without divulging too much information, they they don't do they didn't do the bare minimum. It just took care of the burial. All right, they made sure that 
uh, something was left for their offspring. You know, um, the amount of that is, is, is personal. But the thing is, you want this is what you want to leave for your people. You don't want your your death to be you want your death to be a celebration you don't want it to be a burden and there is no burden here in that regard i'm going to tell you there's no burden here between the funeral home because they and, were writers uh, they were writers exactly they were writers, right and so, not only so, that i'm gonna go ahead go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, like, go i, ahead, I remember i was at the radio station that we're going to wrap up because we're going to move on with the show but i was at the radio station and i remember it was i was uh filming for a certain radio show and the person had come from New York and they were talking about how the funeral homes would strike deals with people. You know, he's talking about striking deals to bury his mom. He's talking about deals and he said how much it cost. He said it was about, uh, they struck the deal for 7,000. So what kind of embalming you gonna get? But that was besides the point. So I told him, I said, well, uh, they had told us back then in 07, Funerals for women are 10 grand, right? Funerals for men back then were 15 grand, right? And so I said that and he said, hmm, I never heard of that. So I got heated because I handled all of the information with my mother. I got heated. I said, just because you didn't know and you didn't have insurance and you didn't have a living you didn't have all that you can't tell me then the insurance guy about a year later came over the radio and said the same quoted the same exact prices you've got to have this for your children people you've got to have it for yourself people so it can be easy for your children in the and, and so we are so grateful for our parents for being writers. That's what a writer is. It's not saying, oh man, she might try to kill me, or he might try to kill me, or he that's she's retarded. Gonna the money, she's gonna take the money and run with it and get some other dude, or he she's or he's gonna get some other chick. That's people who no. ain't used to having nothing. No, that's that's not how it's it's all set up. So we wanna say people that Get it organized and get it together because our, you know, our parents left us a, 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 left us with a gift not to have to go out and struggle, yeah. right? Not to go out and struggle and try to make it just to get it. Yeah. Believe me, that little prepar that little bit of preparation will be the difference between you being honored. And you being stuck in a tin can after being cremated—that will be the difference. And and that is a terrible feeling for the children to have to set up a GoFundMe account. And I'm not knocking nobody who had to do that. No, but no, to have to set up a GoFundMe account to take care of the burial of their loved one, or to have to cremate them because there is no other uh, way to do that. And even the county is going to charge you. The county is going to charge you at least two grand. They're going to charge you at least two grand to cremate. Just to let you know, and you didn't know that, it's going to be at least two grand to cremate with the county. Okay, and it's not going to be too much care there. You're not going to get no nice urn or nothing like that. You're going to get a box with some ashes. And so, you know, um, you want to, to be able to honor and give more honor to your loved one than that. So um, if they are irresponsible, you may want to consider taking out a policy on them 
uh, so that uh, you would have because it's going to only help you in the long run. Okay, and that's it for that. And uh, so let, let's read the last comments, then we're going to move on to the with the rest of the show. Exactly, let them know. Chinese said, "Kid, kids need access to your pension info too." All things in order, explanation point, Shining said. Rosalind said, I got my dad's uh, DD-214. I got it a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if everybody knows that the wife of a veteran is entitled to a burial just like the veteran. The government will pay for the grave, the vault, and the headstone, right? So Thank everyone you, is that was good information. That's right. Everybody is yeah. passing information yeah. because Chinese. information, people, is power. Yeah. So tell them, Tanya, where they can uh, reach you, where they can uh, hear you, and then we're gonna move on with the show. Um, I do a broadcast live. Um, I come on uh, unannounced most of the time, but you can catch me on Facebook at this point. Um, starting in 2021, um, I. Uh, broadcast on uh, Power Praise TV Network will be Kingdom Uncut where we'll be speaking about the kingdom life as Christ taught um, and and what he came to teach us, um, which is quite a bit different uh, than what we learn in our traditional church environments, okay? But we have a lot to learn there and I have a lot to give you and I'm looking forward to that, All right, Um, That's it for right now. All right, thank you very much. This is a great show thank you for all the information and we're going to be doing we're going to be going on the live so her live and pushing this information out all throughout the whole process and then i'll probably cut it into a presentation a how-to presentation you know of everything and go from there so we'd like to thank you again tanya and we will be talking shortly yes we love you (laughs) thanks for having me i love you i'll be listening all right thank you you All right, people. So that was my sister, Tanya, right? Let me disconnect. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I always get that. There we go. As we uh, let go of the ghost there. Okay, people, look. Uh, Speaking of, Rousland's father was also a veteran. That's right, also a veteran. Mr. Maxwell. That's right. Mr. Maxwell, he was also a nice man. Yeah, we love him. And had people come in and... You know, uh, love the people, right? Yeah. So the topic for the night, people, <laughs> is why some blacks ignore American black history to want to be African, right? Why do they want to do that? We have no, we have some answers for you as we move forward. It has to do with not actually knowing history, but let's get into it because we got 41 more minutes in the show and we got a lot of information to get through. First of all, what is American black history? This is very important. These are things that you need to know. What is American black history? It is the study of what our people did before us, what they fought for right? What our people did before us, what they fought for. It is life lessons documented so we now don't have to follow moves that don't work. And those same lessons gives give us time to rejoice, celebrate the moves that have worked, and celebrate the people who made 
those moves. That's what black history is, right? So let's go back, right? How many slaves actually landed in the United States? First, it wasn't even the U.S. yet. So a lot of people use the, you know, to keep it simplistic, some refer to the land as the United States, but the United States prestige, economic power, infrastructure, government, and laws were not in place until our ancestors built America and their various municipalities were put into place to stymie the freedom, our freedom, the persons who through enslaved labor built America. So, you know, the municipalities were put in place when you research this because, you know, <clears throat> they had such a thing as a patty roller. And patty rollers have become police. Now, we, we talked about this in shows past, but the patty roller, the Irish, how they got their citizenship were by being patty rollers and, and going after escaped slaves. Some, they even grabbed some people who were actually free and put them back in slavery, right? The Irish, right? And so the patty roller, right? And then they had to have these different municipalities set up the court systems, right? To judge. But that's so that's quick. You can go research that. So why do some blacks ignore American black history to wanna be African, right? The answer, some have parts of the history or they choose to cling to one part of the history. That part, we were brought here on slave ships. It's hard to believe. Can't trust it. Can't trust it. No, no, no. But anyway, Public Enemy. Remember that song, Can't Trust? It starts out, you would never believe it. Anyway, let's look at how many of our descendants were brought on slave ships. Let's look at that for a minute, right? Henry Louis Gates, love him, hate him. He has produced extensive research through his work with PBS. Under how many slaves landed in the U.S., remember saying the U.S. is simplifying it because it was just before it was it wasn't even the US it was just it wasn't North America it was just wilderness colonies that's right Henry breaks down the actual numbers now you ready for this ready hold your hold your hold your toes now hold your toes and get ready for this funk right 12.5 million Africans shipped from you know West Africa and Central Africa 10.7 million Africans uh, survived the Middle Passage, uh, Caribbean, the Caribbean, dropped off in the Caribbean, South America, and America. But only about 388,000 landed in what is called America today. Only 388,000 landed from out of that 10.7 million. Actually landed in the United States, right? On Black Demographics website, you ready for this? 48,221,139 
American blacks are in the United States right now. That's 48,221,139 American blacks are in the United States right now. That's 14.7% 14, 14 of the American population, which is 328.2 million. 328.2 million. The 17% represents African American, I mean, it's American black only, and American blacks in combination with another race. That's 14.7% of the population. Question Did 388,000 beget 48,221,139 American blacks? Again, did 388,000 beget 48,221,139 American blacks? Somebody was already here. Okay, but let's keep going. Only having half of the history written by some who follow the narrative of the whites. The need to be African stems from not, from not realizing many black tribes were already here. That will be examined in future shows. And we're going to break that down. Let's look at those who have produced culture for American blacks. Now remember, the premise here is that people have only clinged to certain parts of the history, right? Saying that we were dropped here, right? So if we were dropped here, right? But only 388,000 were dropped here. Did 388,000 beget 48,221,139 American blacks right here in this country right now? 14.7% of the population. Did they do that? Or were there already some uh, black tribes who right. crossed over the... Yeah land bridges and populated this way before Christopher Columbus never made it. Christopher Columbus never made it to... But anyway, let's continue. Let's look at those who produce culture for American blacks, right? Now look. Those who run to worship Africa don't know our American black trailblazers in this North American wilderness, right? So listen, many times people will deal with the men, right? They will deal with the men in, you know, the uh, uh, struggle for rights, for American black rights in this country, right? But, but, but I realize like most smart, intelligent men that the woman right. in particular, the American black woman right. is the backbone of the fight to take the rightful place in America and get that place. So who are these women people? I mean, people are talking about learning African and African history. And, you know, they talk about Winnie 
And it's good to talk about Winnie. Winnie was a great woman. She right. stood behind, or she stood beside right. Nelson Mandela yeah. and fight the, fought the good fight against yeah. apartheid in South Africa. South Africa. But there are so many American black women right now that I can bet my bottom dollar that people who claim to want to have to run to Africa for inspiration to say that there's something don't know these women. Who are these four women up here? Right? Okay. Right here. That's Ella Baker. Right? Dorothy Height, Fanny Lou Hamer, and Ida B. Wells Barnett. Now look, do you know any of these ladies and what they have done to move us forward in this country? Right? And so I'm not going to go through each one because this is your study assignment, right? Time to research American black historical figures. Time to research American black historical figures. I'm not even talking about the men. I am talking about the women. If you are a woman and you're talking about, I'm African, I'm African, I'm going to go back over there to a third world country and we're in the first world. You're going over there where they have rolling knowledges, where they have people, they just in Somalia, the people are going and going around trying to overthrow the government. You got the, uh, that was Hezbollah. And then you got the other people. What was the guy that was kidnapping the women, they, the little girls, and they still haven't oh, found Boko him? Boko Haram. You going over there, you talking about that's so great. We, we over here protect our children, and it hasn't quite gotten to Pizzagate yet. In the, you know who, in the reminds, community. who reminds me of those women, Who's our that? ancestor, who reminds me of them? Because she fights for her people and she puts her life on the line as well, Tamika Mallory. That's right. She's, she is a writer. She is a writer. She's a writer. And I think it's important that we stand beside her as well. And we talked about this a couple of days ago. We don't want the same thing to happen to her that happened to Sister Soldier. That's right. Now, if you don't know who Sister Soldier yeah. is, this is contemporary. Because Night. people should have rolled with Sister Soldier. That's but right. you know who did? Not to cut you off, but uh, P. Diddy, he mm -hmm. rolled with Sister That's uh, right. He Soldier. rolled with Sister, he Soldier. Rolled with Sister Soldier. Soldier. But Bill Clinton, the same one that talked about Stokely Carmichael, mm -hmm. right? Kwame Toure. Actually, his name is Kwame Tore. He's the same one who ended such Soldier's uh, career, pretty much, right? She's still doing her thing. But if you don't know who Sister Soldier is, you don't know who Tamika Mallory is today. No wonder you're trying to run back to Africa folklore because you don't know nothing about what's going on today with your own people. Okay, people. Look, do you know who these? women are this is a combination between liberators politicians and entertainers that broke through to chip away at the disenfranchisement that was being put forth now, mary mcleod mcleod bethune mary 
McLeod, Bethune, Shirley Chisholm. Reagan is depressed, but I voted for Shirley Chisholm. That's a clue when you go research. Reagan is depressed, but I voted for Shirley Chisholm, right? Nina Simone, Mississippi. Harriet Tubman, you know this, but you usually see Harriet Tubman as old and feeble, but this is her Harriet Tubman when she was a writer. So, Sojourner Truth. Sojourner Truth. And Marion, uh, Mary Anderson, right? Marion Anderson, right? Do you know who these people are? Do you know who these ladies are? Again, time to research American Black historical figures. What would you, what would you like to say so far? You're doing a great job. Um, a lot of people don't know that Shirley Chisholm ran for president. That's right. Years ago. We were know. working with a rapper. Years and, ago. And, and, and uh, at the, down there at the side, who, the woman who owns Raw Remedies, she's a writer, right? She, she's got Cleveland, Ohio ties. And for, for no sleeping on Cleveland, Ohio and our pro-black but on the side of her building, she has Shirley Chisholm yes. uh, uh, painted. You know, like a person came out and painted like different historical figures. And Shirley Chisholm was one. I was working with this female rapper. And I said, do you know who that is? Why we want to shoot in front of her? I said, that's Shirley Chisholm. She said she didn't know who she was. Do you know who these people are? Time to research American Black historical figures right let's keep going okay people you might say oh she can't be black she can't be black she looks like she's she's white come in all shades shades we come in all shades it's ridiculous get it out your mind right Mary Church Pharrell, Bessie Coleman, you know, I know, I don't even have to say this name. I don't have to say this name. This is a younger picture. You used to see her when she's older, you know, but I want to be able to connect people when they were in their 20s, late 20s, early 30s. That is Rosa Parks. You know Rosa Parks. She just wouldn't, you know, she wasn't trying to, she was tired that day. And when he was putting the sign back to say, get up and move back, as the white people got on, she said, I'm not moving today. And it kicked it off the Montgomery bus boycott. You know, they didn't tell us that in school. They did? Like in elementary school. They didn't tell us that the sign was moved back. They led us to believe that when black people and white people, when they got on the bus, the black people had to go to the back and white people sat in front. They didn't tell us that um, the more the bus was filled, right? The sign moved the back. The sign moved back, right? right? So by the time, before the person may have even reached their destiny, um, all of the destination. black people, destination, all of the black people may be standing up because they're, they're constantly moving the sign back. 
so white people can have a seat. Tanya Congress says on the YouTube channel, said clinging to something they don't even know all the facts of doesn't make sense, she said. Look, you want to know why? Because we had white teachers and they didn't know all the facts. That's true, because they didn't tell us. Because even white people was, was sitting at the back of the bus. If there was nowhere else to sit, and black people were just standing around. Standing up. The whole ride. Cramped. They didn't tell us that the sign moved back. That's what made it so heinous. That's what made it enough is enough is enough. That's just like watching um, Birth of a Nation. A Birth of a Nation. And you're watching the scene where the slaves refused to eat. So they took and took a chisel and chiseled their teeth out to force them, to force feed them slop. It's, it's the same type of theory about what you feel that you can do to a people that you... But that's another show. That's another show and another time. This right here, people, is Ruby Bridges. Do you know who Ruby Bridges is? Do you know who this lovely lady is? From, from beginning, when she first came on the scene, till the end... Ruby D. Cleveland's own. Cleveland's own. Do you know these people? Time to research American black figures because this woman's still alive. It, 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 time to research American black yeah. figures. Yeah. Right. Let's see here. Right, people. So look. I have to go into my bag of tricks real quick. So tell me, what do you, how do you think the show is going right now? Really yeah, I think it's going good too. I think that oh. there's a lot of information that's being put out to the people. Hopefully they're getting it right. Now people, there's some people who are not pictured. Do you know who Sarah Rector is? Do you know who Sarah Rector is, right? Do you know know who Bell Hooks is? Do you know who Lorraine Hansberry is, right? Do you know who these women are? These are all women who are important to the destination, to the movement of American black people in this country. Do you know who any of the women are? If you don't, you don't have to be running. If you don't know that, you should know this before you start talking about running over to talking about being African, ignoring American black kids. You got to go every place. You got to go way over to Africa just to find out that you got that right here. People talk about, well, the drum patterns come from Africa. Yeah, but you know, we do the drum patterns so much better. We do it so much harder because they took the strongest, the hardest, Walking, the strongest talking, the strongest in mind, the ones who could plant, the ones that could build, the ones that brought seed, that actually planted the crops. You have to know your history. And on top of that, there were people already here. And people will say, hey, well, you know, if there were people already here, how come people don't know the language? How come if we came from Africa, we don't know the language? that just nullifies that argument right there like so you wouldn't know it because you don't know the African language now the different you don't know how to click clack and you don't know what the click clack means or whatever it means but I know what a kata means 
So look, who are these women that I just showed you? Where did they come from? When did they move? Uh, when did they move? Meaning what time, what era in American black history did they move? How did they move? How did they do what they do? For what did they move? For what did they move? What was their goal? Why were they, why were their con contributions so great for American blacks? This is a research time, people, to research about these people. Why some blacks ignore American black history to want to be African? Let's ask the question again. Why some blacks ignore American black history to want to be African? One more time. Why some blacks ignore American black history to want to be African? They don't know the foremothers of American blacks. They don't know the foremothers of American blacks. They wouldn't ignore American black history if they have love for mother and foremothers. They would not ignore American black history if they had love for mother and foremothers. And so that, that's what it is. So there's a there's an assignment out there for you, right? There is an assignment out there for you, right? So now, people, as we come to the latter parts of the show, uh oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, we've got a phone call. We've got a phone call from 864. Getting ready to chime in. Let me see something. Let me make sure that I put the right. Thing up that I want to put up here. There we go. All right, so we're going to bring this phone call up. This should be interesting. 864. 864. 864, you're on the line. Who are we speaking with? This is Equine. This is Equine. How's everybody doing? All right, Equine. How are you doing? What's the word? What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Well, I'm 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 a, I'm a practitioner of 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 the African tradition. Okay, you understand? Okay, and um, in in that, I, I know the thing that you know when they say well, race doesn't exist or this that and the other. You know, there's a lot of people that are throwing that around. But I think identifying with you know even the black movement, right? Uh, you know the Black Power movement. Looking at the Black Panthers because even in that organization here in America, they are one that stood for the liberation of black people and maybe in one area uh, of of, uh, of America is where they started, but it definitely represents not only just a small group of Africans, but Africans worldwide. Even when you look at Stokely Carmichael, right? I'm pretty sure we're familiar with Kwame Parade, right? Uh, but even in that, that brother wasn't the one to just only have just uh, 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 an American approach to African liberation, right? Uh, he was the one that was definitely very vocal here and also very vocal on the continent, in particular Ghana. And, um, you know, 
just, just knowing, just knowing what we were doing, and not some portion, but all portions, right? And I, I understand with, with what you're saying, uh, but the actual wannabe African part, I have to disagree with that because I feel like the thing that makes us black is the fact that we are African genetically, right? Our genes are tied to an ancestral lineage, right? That pretty much looks like those people that are on the continent of Africa. I've known so many people that look just like people that are on the continent, not in on in, in any other continent, not in Asia, not in Europe, but in particular Africa. So I feel like that we shouldn't cut our lifeline short. There are those of us that want to just study, you know, African American history, or like you said, Black American history. But don't stop there. There are people that just want to, you know, liberate the Black folks here in in you know maybe in their one state. You understand? But when you're looking at it, it's definitely a global thing where us as black folks, us as Africans, have been mistreated. And when we're looking at, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the, the African or the black historian, Renoko Rashid. He and Tony or Anthony Browder are some of the most, you know, renowned African historians, and they are out of America, right? They come, they're black folks that, that come from uh, America. But when I ask Renoko Rashidi, where is it that we can find the African or the black wheel being cultivated to the highest degree? He told me not out of the 130 some odd places he's gone looking for black or African greatness, even with him having the excavations and the tours here in America. He said nowhere outside of the Nile Valley can he find the wheel or the African, you know, the African or the black wheel being cultivated. So I think when we're looking at, you know, the history lesson, it is very important for us to look at the various places that our ancestors went to, even okay. here in America. Okay, 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 okay. Let, 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 let's, let's, let's extrapolate out. Let's extrapolate out. Okay, I got it. How many, how many American blacks have their lineage come from Egypt? Well, this is the reality, right? A lot of people, being that we don't know what went into making Kenneth, or as you call it, Egypt, but the the, the majority of our black people come from Kenneth. Why? Because when you look at DC, what DC is to America, and this is me as being a, 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 a student, when we look at what DC is, to America, how that's basically a melting pot. A lot of people from many different states are in D.C. because D.C. or Washington is the centralized power of America. It was the same way in Kenya. You understand? Or what you call Egypt. Egypt was basically the zenith of all things in the world. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, good. No, no. Listen, listen. You you asked me a question. So it took 42 nations took 42 nations to come together and build what you know as Egypt. So it's not like the Egyptians just came. No, this was a collective of black folk. The Dogon, or, you know, several different traditions and several different uh, cultures, you know, claim or or know that they are from the Nile Valley. It's not just all of Egypt. It's the full Nile Valley culture. You understand? So the majority of our people come from what we call, what we call 
Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I had a, um, an a historian, uh, I'm going to say American black historian who studies uh, Africa tell me that there are no, that it was zero. I had another one explain to me that as the, a, wait a minute, wait a minute, finish. As the, as Egypt was being conquered and as a lot of them went to the Sudan, some did travel down and you will see the Kari shells in West African and Central African art because some came in and they intermingled with the people and joined in in that particular civilization. But that is not a direct link to Egypt. That's one. So studying Egypt is good because that's where this is what the historian told me. This is catch, analyze, and shoot. He said it's good because they were the ones who came up. You could see that built civilization. You could see that they had mathematics. They had science. They had uh, uh, medical. They had all this. So to study them is to study the best that Africa had. But what we're dealing with here is this is after Egypt has been conquered right and they have migrated down they mostly went to the sudan you want to see egyptians from what what used to be in kemet you look at sudan but they also ventured down into other parts and lower parts of central and west africa and then they intermingle in with the people so you see some influences but that is a not a direct link to egypt so that's why i asked you the question how many uh, American blacks actually have lineage from Egypt and that would be directly zero. Now, indirectly through them intermingling and marrying in, you know, like how Europeans married in with the Indians with the oil wells in America and then they married the uh, Indian women and then they killed them off and then their offspring basically were white and they took it. it it's basically the same thing except for it was a building of culture. So my thing is this, talking about speaking of Africa. Now, so this is my premise. I said, here we are in America, right? We have so much information that we have not learned about our own foremothers right here. I hear people talk about, oh, the drum, you can hear the African rhythms in the drum, but we do the drum so much better. And so much harder. Like the rhythms are good when you see the women in the colorful clothing and they're doing the the uh, Europa dances and what whatever tribal dances doing. That's cool. That's nice. But in actuality, when you hear boom, 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 that goes around the globe. That comes from American black people. That comes from a certain struggle. Well, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, that, 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 okay, wait, 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 wait. Actually, actually, the hip hop drum. Actually came from uh, any drum, any no, no, drum no, no, wait, 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 wait. This, this is what I'm saying though. But the main point is the drum that uh, pushes globally. It comes from the American blacks here. The music that comes from here pushes the world. Hip hop pushes the world. Jazz pushes the world. R&B soul it pushes the world it comes from american blacks right here so my thing is 
when we go back over to Africa, we won't be going back over talking about Kumbaya. We're going to go back over and say, look, we're going to get our chance just like the Chinese did and just like the European did before. It's going to be our time because obviously you can't get it together because you keep getting colonized over and over and over again. We I, we listen. See, I don't listen to people who are here in America who are landlocked. I talk to I listen to people like Dr. Moonby who is actually in Kenya, who is actually on the ground in Africa, who reports on the 54 countries in Africa and what's going on. When I hear about Nigeria having rolling electric outages, I don't want to be in a country that has electric rolling outages. I mean, that's romanticism thinking that something is better that's third world when we live in the first world. So this is what I'm saying. It's good to study. This is exactly what I'm saying. This is the premise, and I'm glad you called up because we can discuss this a little bit. My thing is, we are American black people that push the world. Everything that we do, we push the world. It's good to know from whence some of our ancestors came. It's good to know that. But we shouldn't be beholden or, or think that some place is better when we're the coldest black people on the planet. We are the coldest. We are the most advanced. Ameri American blacks are the most advanced black people on the planet and everybody else needs to come learn from us. Matter of fact, they do come and learn and through Pan Pan through the Pan-African movement, they were supposed to learn, not stay and live in white neighborhoods here in the United States. They're supposed to learn, get their degree, and then head back over to Africa to make it the utopia so it can change from 54 countries to 54 states. It's supposed to be the it's supposed to be the country of Africa, not the continent of Africa. So while they're coming over here and also looking down on us, which they they really can't because they're running from theirs. That matter of fact, I wonder how many like Dr. Mumbai had reported last year. How many of the Nigerian nationals in England and America when the Nigerian president? from the Nigerian Federation called them back home. How many of them really went? They're not going back to rolling allergies after living in a country where they got paved roads, they flip a switch, electric comes on, it's clean water, or you can go buy bottled water. You don't have to worry about that. So tell me why Africa is so great, my man, where the greatest blacks on the planet today would want to go back over there uh, trying to learn something when really they're coming over here to learn from us. How come we will go over there and learn everything instead of women instead of going over there to take it to take it because we are the greatest on the planet. Now, and that's what I'm saying. You ain't got no business like even with that mindset right there. And in my opinion, shows that we have been taught very well by the European. No, 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 brother. No, brother. No, brother. Listen, listen, listen. If I could get this out, and then I'm going to let you have it, okay? Okay. So basically, what you just said is that even when we're looking at George Floyd, the whole freaking world was had to come to the aid of black folk in America. Why? Because we were the ones that were getting hung in trees 40, 50, 
you know, 60 years ago, guess what? We are the only human, human kind that are being found hung from trees as we were years ago. So we may feel like you have a Jay-Z or just because you have a Rick Ross or people that are, and even when you're talking about the hip hop or the African drum that is now placed inside hip hop, one thing about the African drum that we need to know is that it was made to convey very useful words, right? It was made to convey lessons, right? But right now, our children are learning bull crap. That's the reality. So if you're able to look deeply into the reality, you have people that are dancing now more, doing more buffoonery than ever. I'm not proud. It doesn't make you great because you're a good boot-licking slave. No, you don't have, we, you all, out of all of uh, the black NFL team, I mean, out of all the black men that play on NFL teams, how many black owners do we have, right? That doesn't show me that you have gotten out of the same master's house. That shows me now that you're dancing more than ever. So when so you leave, I'm leaving. more proud of what's going on here than I am. You know, I mean, you still I got I mean, organization going on in Africa. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so listen to what you said. And I'm not trying to separate. L listen I'm to what you said. I'm not trying to separate my issues. I'm not trying to separate my issues and feel like, hey, I'm just because you are here under the under the European that you are you are special. If you cut no, if that was the case, why did George Floyd get killed? Why are we having a protest for Breonna Taylor? Um, you understand? Although um, we know that there are way far more white here in America, why is the uh, prison over over overflowing with with black folks? Because you of the Thirteenth Amendment, my man. The Thirteenth Amendment. The Thirteenth Amendment. Listen. You just said well, that I'm over in Africa, proud. they over. I'm not, proud. I'm not proud to be here. I'm, I'm, what, we, we're not running shit. We ain't running okay. shit. America is looking at us like, damn, y'all been through all this stuff and y'all are still going through it. That's why we can't even discuss reparations. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, under so, Obama in 2016, they received their reparations. We have gone, we have gone through this torture and still seeing the torture, and you ain't even talking about no reparations. Listen, so well, Obama was actually Kenyan, and he wasn't from the lineage of 1619. So what I'm saying is, you're saying that they're colonized over there; they're going through the same thing. Over there, so my question is right, I'm not, I'm wait, not wait, 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 wait a minute. So so then it's no different and they own people are allowing other people to come in and take all the raw minerals, letting the Chinese come over and beat them, uh kick them out of their kick them out of their homes and take over. My question is if it's so great over there and it's so bad over here, when are you leaving? Well, that's that's really that's none of your business or none of the audience's business. But best believe that American all Americans are going back to Africa right now more than they have ever done so. So even as we're having this discussion, you have Americans that are going from here, going to Ghana in particular, and that they are leading and living successful lives more than ever. Funny, so funny one, COVID. Inside, you know, while, while people, we are still being mistreated by the police. They just found out I mean, that, uh, they are being mistreated by Chinese police. In Africa, in the continent of Africa, their countries, they're being mistreated by Chinese police, Indian police. Come on, man. I'm just saying, like, when... Uh, I, I, well, so what, 
So this, this is what this is what you're talking. If you're so smart and we're so how, how rather than down talk your people, how about work to inspire them? You I'm not I'm not down talking. I'm not I'm not you are hey. Black. It's because you're tied to Africa. No, yeah, no, man. I'm, 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 Africa is the most richest world. I it's mean, the most richest world, richest not controlled by any one black, brother. Nobody black is controlling the continent, and it's their country. You're going to tell me that's better? That's better, and it's their countries in their continent, and they don't control it? because you have more black people there. You got oh my God! And you think? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, wait a minute. We don't have brother, 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 brother. We are having brother. We are having a discussion. Brother, brother, brother. We are having a discussion. There's no need to. There's no need to curse. We having a discussion because believe it or not, this is going to help people do more research. So it's no need to curse because you know. Okay. We, let's okay. just let's just keep it to the point. My point to it is. Is that they have a group of people. We're getting ready to sign off a, a blog talk. Br brother, we got to go because we're going to sign off a blog talk. So I'm going to have to talk to you again. Thank you for calling in. Wow. Okay, bro. Thank, thank you. We're off now. Thank you. I appreciate you, though. And, we, and we're going to talk again because I appreciate your viewpoint. What's your name one more time? My name is Equine. All right. And we, we'll talk again. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for calling up. Okay, absolutely. All right, people. So, you know, the uh, the blog talk ran out. The blog talk time <laughs> ran out, people. You see what we're talking about? So, look, people. This is a this is an in-depth discussion that will not end here. Make sure that you uh, listen up and research and find out, right? The brother made good points, but the, the only question that I, I have is... When are people leaving to go see that the romance, that the, that the dream and the romantic situation is a nightmare, right? When are they going to see that it's no better there because we're in a global system of white supremacy. So what's over there? And they got the Asians coming over and the Indians coming over there and doing it to them. And over here, we know what we're dealing with over here. We have... We were able to still do what we do over here, and we have fought over here. We're going to go over there and start over? We're going to be pioneers over there where... And then, not to mention that the Liberian Wars kicked off because American blacks went back under the Jefferson plan during Lincoln's time and went back over there doing Jefferson and Lincoln's time and all that. And then they said, wait a minute, you're caught us. You're not... You're white, basically. You're white Negroes. You're not... You're not going to tell us how our culture is. And the war is kicked off. So, people, this is where we're going to end it. This has been a robust show. We're going to have to have more time and have more discussions about this because we have to iron this out and understand that right here, American Black, right here. The Film Review, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society Podcast, Interviews, Movie Reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching the Film Review.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.